0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account and you get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by A.J. Hayfleet <laughs> and our pick of the week with preseason ready to go in football. We are taking the Broncos over the Vikings. Very simple, very easy on this one. and Nothing special about it, but it's preseason, so... I'm allowed to feel good about the Broncos. We're taking it all the way home on this one. Seems pretty easy to bet on the Broncos for now. Get the hype going a little bit on the team, right? That is only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use that DNVR code and get amazing odds boosts all over the site, no matter what you want to bet on. We've been looking at the Avs depth chart for a while now. but. Yeah, all week basically. Now we're we're finally getting into our our top ranked prospects in the system. Um, it should be a fun one. Uh, always excited to talk prospects. I, I know, I know our our super hardcore fans always like to hear us talk about it as well. So,
1: yeah, I know that there are some out there that just their eyes just glaze over when you get into prospect stuff. Totally understandable. Yeah,
0: definitely. A reasonable take especially when we when we start at the bottom of our lists about guys that are three plus years away from the nhl but yeah
1: where it's like well you don't really need to know this guy's name unless you're really into stuff like this like we are yeah so
0: definitely uh definitely a specific niche but i'm excited to get into it uh we do need to lay a few ground rules down yeah for starters um We're calling a prospect any player that is 23 and younger and has less than 15 NHL games
1: played. We drew that line for a very specific and obvious reason uh, in that uh, Martin Cout still a prospect at 14 games, Bowen Byram, not a prospect at 19 games.
0: Indeed because let's face it, if Byram counted as a prospect, he'd just be number one, and it would move everyone down the list, and that would be all that that was. So, Yeah,
1: for all intents and purposes, Bowen Byram has graduated. So yep. that's why we did that.
0: Yep, no argument on that one. Byram's going to be a full-time NHLer, so. Yep. Moving on from that one. Andre. I... <laughs> i I took a little peek at our list, and I think they're fairly similar, so there's not going to be anything too off the wall today, but should be interesting to go through some of these kids and, and yeah see where
1: they're at i thought I thought we were gonna have a little more disagreement at the top, um especially two and three. I was very surprised to find out that you and I agreed on that really yeah i thought I thought that those would have been flipped on your list. Nah. I think I think on most lists they probably would be.
0: I'm I'm too much of a I'm too much of a fanboy. Okay. I guess. We'll see. Uh to Gregor's meme point here, we also did not include goalies because yeah. It's impossible to rank a goalie against skaters. It's just can't I I I don't ever know where to place I, them.
1: I don't know what to do with them. Um so yes, to Annan and Trent Minor are not on my list.
0: Yep. It, if you want our goalie ranking list, it goes in one minor two, uh I guess SmackOff three.
1: <laughs> that's it. That's, that's <laughs> exactly how it goes. Yeah. Yep.
0: so completely separate list there, but we uh well, I guess, I don't know whose list we're starting with, but let's bring up the, the first five of, of one of our lists. It doesn't really matter who's. All right, mine. So, from 15 to 11 for me is Lieberman, Clareman, Bujalski, Zoravlyov, and Bokaj. Uh, let's start with Lieberman, just because I know AJ didn't put Lieberman on his list. Uh, th- look, the dudes at 15 are a long way from the NHL, mm-hmm. far from any guarantee that Lieberman even gets a contract, but... I still like the skill level there. I think there's there's some talent to be had from an offensive defenseman that deep down the list. You know, if he gets an ELC, I consider it a win for a pick from the seventh round. So,
1: yep he he was 16 on mine.
0: Yeah, I think Weiss was 16 on mine too. So, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Klurman obviously has earned his ELC. Will play in the AHL this year most likely gonna get a feel for for what he has a little bit more in pro hockey this year but
1: kind of a surprising lc last year
0: yeah it was a little bit of a surprise one thing i will say for clearman is at least until uh at least until drew Hellison shows up right now he kind of fits a role in the Avs pro systems that no one else really does as far as that defensive defenseman role Mm -hmm. so that gives him a little bit of opportunity in that one specific area that I think he can provide something that a fair amount of other players probably don't. Again, until Hellison shows up, who we'll talk about later, but something a little bit unique as far as that is concerned, at least in the pro systems. At thirteen, I went with Buyalski
1: so our just just for the record i know we'll we'll show mine here in a minute but there are some guys that we don't need to talk about more than once right um here at the bottom of the list where we take a bunch of time um i had clerman at 15 um leverman not on my list so we're pretty much in agreement there i have bujalski at 13 on my list as well or i have him at 14
0: close enough yeah
1: so Boylsky lots to lots to be excited about there the with the size and the skating but he turns 21 this month he might have already turned 21 um and and it's just I there's, there's no history of these guys being successful
0: way too many question marks about his future too right yeah. like we don't know step 1 for him before I could move him any higher on my list is going to get into college What does this game look like against other college players that are his age or older?
1: Uh, Yeah, as a near 21-year-old in the USHL, you have to kind of wonder, like, "Mm."
0: and And secondarily there, he's going to University of Vermont, which I don't really know anything about their program. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yep. We'll have to. Have to wait and see. Well, how what that program looks like and what his fit in that program even is.
1: Yeah, and then uh, you have Giravlov. You have Danila Giravlov at twelve. I have him at eleven. Um, truth be told, I would have had him at twelve. I just didn't want to retype his name <laughs> when I forgot a guy and had to move everybody down. Yeah. So we uh, we agree on we agree on where Giravlov goes as well. But that also tells you like. The fact that I just didn't want to retype a guy's name. We have them all with the in in tiers, um, pretty similar there. I would say these bottom three guys are in a in the lowest tier, yep. and then there's a line there, and then Giravlov, and then you have Alex Bocage at eleven. I have him uh, higher than that, but I'm curious why you've got him down here below. And I know I know you really like Colby Ambrosio more than I do. Uh, but it, to have him ahead of Bocage surprises me a little.
0: I Look, I really like Ambrosio's upside. I really like his style of game. I think it fits very well with the Avalanche. Um, it, with Ambrosio, like 100%, I get not putting him as high as I do because it's a bet on him taking the next steps, right? He has to come through in his sophomore year, and he's going to have to basically... Be the dude in Boston. I mean, I'm sure though. I I haven't looked at their incoming class. I'm sure it's a bunch of talented players, a bunch of studs. Yeah. Yeah. like it always is. Yeah, right. But uh, he's going to have more opportunity than he did this year, as as we saw, especially when Newhook was out of the lineup. Ambrosio at time <laughs> kind of faltered a little bit last year, but um, as a and as a
1: freshman, like you expect, right, exactly. You expect right. some stumbles as like a freshman. He's undersized even for the college game. Um, that's a guy that needs to – he's going to have to bulk up a little bit more. Uh, some of the conversation that we had about Tyler Weiss over the years as well. He needs to get – he just needs to eat some pizza Friday nights with the boys. He just needs to eat some pizza.
0: Hard when he's uh, – well, I guess Ambrosia doesn't have Crohn's disease. But uh, for for Bocage's side of that argument, look – not faulting the shot at all. He has a ridiculous shot. It's an NHL yeah. skill. We've talked about it before. If you want to put him higher, strictly on that, I totally understand. But I—it's an have... NHL
1: tool that he has now.
0: My my problem with Bocage and the reason I couldn't put him higher is I still have serious serious questions about his skating, and he he's someone that if he shows it in the AHL this year could jump away up my list because if he can still fire pucks and get to open areas with less time in the AHL, where it's not QMJ AHL defenses, where he, especially this last season, he was strictly just too good for that league. Like it didn't, mm-hmm. those defense weren't challenging him at all. He could score basically whenever he wanted. So he needs to prove it at the next level for me for, to really, for me to have him higher on my list, especially his skating. I want to see him be able to keep up with professional level
1: skating. So I get, I get the concerns about that. Cause we have, we have the same concerns really uh, yeah. about uh, what he needs to do uh, in, in pro hockey to prove that he's going to be the real deal. But I mean, we're talking about, I mean, this kid is six foot two, maybe six foot three. Uh, he's 200 pounds. He's great, that, that's great size, and he has an un, hes unbelievable shooter. Just, just an, a lethal NHL shot that's ready to rock now. And those are those are—he's got NHL size. He's got an NHL shot. He doesn't. He's not really much of a playmaker. Yep. Um, he's not a guy that there's not a whole lot of make other guys better around him. Sure. Defensively, he doesn't use the size very effectively. I there could be a bit of an on-off switch there. Uh, and I would like to see him engage a little more consistently. But really, the the biggest question is, yeah, it's the skating and it's how does that shot play when he does not have the time and space. But for me, I'm higher on him because... I think, I I just think Bocage is for real. Um, I think that it's, that's a guy that he, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he significantly outplays Sampo Ranta this year. And, and that he, yeah. And, and that he's a guy that, I mean, look, I want to see, I want to see what it looks like, but there, there's, there's NHL tools there to work with. And you're talking about getting to the next level and translating. Uh, so some translatable skills here that he's got he's he's not going to be overpowered uh, in the NHL he's going to continue to grow into his body a little bit and get stronger and he's already in a good place physically and just the shot is just so good and as much as I like what Ambrosio did at Boston College I mean as as a as a true freshman on a pretty stacked BC team for him to throw up 15 points in 24 games. It was eyebrow raising for a guy that I was kind of iffy on going into the year, you know, but he is still Ambrosio is still on the small side. I mean, we're still talking. That kid is five foot eight. He's small. He is five foot eight, but he's 170 pounds already. And if he can, if he can continue to, to add a little bit of weight, he also plays with attitude. And that's the thing that I really liked is that people in the USHL talked about he's got a really good shot, but he's also feisty. And I think that's interesting. He's also, uh, he's also small. So, uh, and he's, he's a a small center. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at here. Um, He's a small center and that's a short history of, of success for those guys.
0: Sure. I'd, I won't make any argument there. Uh, the and and maybe part of the side of of Bocage that that puts me off it a little bit is for him if he gets into a situation where all of a sudden his shot can't be the weapon that we thought it could be because the shot's good enough, but if the are closing too quickly on him or if he can't find the open space effectively. We have not seen a lot of him playing effectively in situations like front of the net positional battles where he can use that size to his advantage and finish finish plays I suppose.
1: Yeah uh, but you I mean you look in the NHL and there are guys there are guys like that dotted all over the league.
0: Sure absolutely
1: uh, the, the big separator is that usually those guys are a little more naturally mobile than Bokash is. Yeah. He, the
0: skating there really wasn't a very big step this year for Bocage's skating, which you were hoping to see, but there's still time, obviously. Maybe he comes into camp this year and, and has a little bit of something more. Obviously, look...
1: I really want to see it live, man. I'm yeah. really hoping at the prospect tournament in Arizona, I really hope that we see that thing, uh, yep. the, that we see that shot get unleashed and that his skating is to the point where it's like, you
0: know what? This isn't great. It just has to be good enough. But, you
1: know? yeah, that's what I'm really hoping for. Uh, I really want to see that kid live.
0: Yeah, confirmed.
1: Uh, um, I sort of skipped over Giravlov a little bit because we've talked about him yeah, quite a bit we've this talked week.
0: About him a lot on the defensive show. Um, the short yeah. version is, if he's come, if he's willing to come over at the end of the this year, it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> really, over the past couple of years in the KHL, has created a fairly well-rounded game for himself, but is not like a superstar at anything. Yeah, so
1: he started out when they drafted him. He was more of an offensive defenseman, and he's he's rounded out his defensive game quite a bit. He's also grown into his body nicely as he's gotten into his twenties. Uh, he's grown into he's grown into himself a little bit, and he looks comfortable in his own skin. He's not strictly a puck mover anymore. He plays more of a smart defensive game um, than than your physical, because he is he is undersized. Yep. But it's not such a dynamic offensive game. It doesn't like stand out. It's efficient and it's effective.
0: Consistent, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's sort of sort of his knock is that he's the big the big question with him in the NHL is the which what what gets him through every game. You know, there isn't one thing that he's going to be able to fall back on for sure. So. Yep. And for me it's 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 uh, I have him lower than I have him as low as I do because I'm not convinced he's coming across the pond. And for the record, that's why Kovalenko's not on my list at all. It's not about him as a player. He would be in my top 10 if it was if it was all about the player, but I don't think Kovalenko wants to come over.
0: Dude just signed a 3-year deal in Russia. So
1: And so that that removes him effectively from serious immediate consideration. Um, Whereas Ravalov is on, uh, he's got one year left, and then we'll see. I mean, um, so if,
0: if Kovalenko plays out that contract, he'd be twenty four by the time he's coming over. So
1: yeah, and with Kovalenko, like uh, the the one thing I will say those those contracts almost always have NHL out clauses. Of course, but the ads have to know that that's an NHL out clause that he's not the the, the power of his three year deal in the KHL is that he's not coming over for oh, I'll play for the Eagles for a few months and then we'll just hope that I get better and that, that I'll hope I get called up or whatever. Yep. He's not he's not leaving the security of his situation um, in, unless he's getting an NHL job. And so I don't know that the Abs are in a position to do that for him. So I don't have him on my list at all entirely because of his contract status.
0: Same. Uh, real quickly on Tyler Wee, since you had him on your list and I didn't,
1: um, really just, um, I'm, I'm sure he'll be thrilled about this, uh, on a personal level, but really just a, a reward for continuing to, he's gotten a little bit better every year, um, had by far his most dynamic season. He was playing on the, the top line of the, le- uh, on the left wing at Uno and 23 points in 26 games. That's what's got to happen for a kid his size. Cause he is. Tiny, very lanky. I mean, we're talking, we're talking five, uh, five eleven. He got to college at one hundred and fifty pounds. So we'll see. I, I, you know, they don't, they don't update these things every year. So I'm, I'm curious what his his real weight actually is right now.
0: Well. I mean, we knew he struggled with putting on weight because of Crohn's disease, as I was yeah. saying earlier. But now that he knows he has it, it's probably a little bit easier for him.
1: Yeah, and and going into his senior year in college, I mean, this was we said it was going to take him all four years. Um, so, you know, he is a dynamic skater. It's he's he's got a real suddenness to him offensively, and he's a he's. Way more playmaker than shooter. I don't think he's going to score many goals in pro hockey at all on, on any level. But he's a very good playmaker, very good skater. Um, and I think that I, I just felt like with Kovalenko, with Leverman, those were the guys that I was kind of fighting for on my list here. Um, and I thought Weiss had the better year plus. Uh, think that there's a decent chance he could get a contract if he has a good year.
0: All right. So that's our our bottom five of our top 15 for each of us. Uh, We are sponsored by Ball Corporation right now. They are hiring for their golden plant. You can text golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com to get your application. They're an awesome employer. They give a living wage. They treat their employees well, including decent benefits and all of that business. So it's a great opportunity. They also do things like give you classes to fill in gaps in what might be your resume as far as skills are concerned so be sure to hit them up today take advantage of the opportunity they are the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer and they also do many other things as well including some work in the aerospace industry so they have a bunch of opportunities they're also they're big believers in sustainability and and all of that they they have their Floor manufacturing positions available for production technicians and other roles as well. Uh, So check out Ball today if you're looking for a job and they can hook you up. And then once you start rolling in some money from Ball, maybe put a little bit into DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, all you have to do is put $1 in when you sign up for a new account with DNVR code. And you can bet that $1 on any college game. And you get $200 just for placing the bet. Don't have to win doesn't matter when it happens. It's just as soon as you make the bet, they give you $200 in free bets. So DraftKings has you covered. You can make a ton of bets with their $200 on whatever sport you prefer, whether that be more college football, basketball, hockey, baseball. I know all the future bets are are rolling in in hockey right now. So. Pick who you like. Get yourself, uh, get yourself some decent opportunities there to turn that two hundred dollars into uh, even more money. So hit up DraftKings Sportsbook today. Again, use that DNVR code when you sign up to get that amazing one dollar to two hundred dollar deal. Must be twenty one or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Two hundred dollars is paid out in free bets only. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We're getting into our top 10 here. Let's start this one with AJ's list instead of mine. AJ, where are you going with number 10 here?
1: So I'm going to have Drew Hellison lower than probably everybody. <laughs> I've never um, been a
0: believer in drew I know
1: uh, you know and I've given him full credit for this year yep um, for taking the big step forward the the big thing here is that people will look at this and say I have him at 10 but it's really again uh, doing this in tiers yep I would say all of these guys uh, I would I would say seven through ten I have in the same tier
0: Yeah. I, I would say just about the same on my list. So
1: where I think, I think that um, with Howison, I think Hallison's going to run into the Connor Timmins problem um, where even, even if it's best case scenario, he hasn't, he has another really good two way year at BC. He signs, he gets into pro hockey, everything goes well. He's probably capped out as a third pairing defenseman in Colorado. Um, on the the left side, you know, the, they they have Ger- Gerard and Taves and Byram for the foreseeable future. On the right side, it's it's McCarr, but uh, Justin Justin Barron uh, as a potential guy that that ends up on their right side as well is is the guy that I think probably keeps Hellison from getting a chance to really stretch the legs and and extend into. Uh, a more prominent role for the avalanche. And so that's kind of why I have him at 10 and it's really nothing about him. He had a great year Um, as a right shot defenseman. He's six foot three. Uh, He plays a heavy game. He's mean. He likes to hit people. Um, He was really, he was really good at WJCs for the United States. He was really good at BC for the Eagles Loved the game. Loved loved the ins- the offensive instincts was the biggest thing that that I that really jumped off the ice to me that that we hadn't seen previously. Defensively looked sound as he as he has his forever. Yeah, uh, he's always been pretty good defensively, but with him, I the he showed uh, offensive instincts jumping into the play, reading the reading the ice offensively, jumping into open spots um just in general being more aggressive being more confident in the offensive zone really 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 encouraging um as a as a breakout player still a long ways to go especially given that he's uh, going to be coming up in Colorado's system where they want their defensemen to aggressively move pucks um especially with their feet so that's where i have uh um, that's that's going to be the biggest area where Justin Barron blows him away is that uh, Justin Barron, and, and Drew Hellison is a good mobile uh, he's a good skater, he's he's mobile he does not, it's not like he's clunky or anything, uh, he's not explosive but he's a strong skater and, and he's, he's a good, he, he's good on his feet but Justin Barron is significantly more dynamic and that's why he's a much higher on my list. Um, Hellison, I don't, I don't, I still need to see the offense more from Hellison to really start to believe that. And then obviously, we talked about Bocage. Uh, already, yeah. I just, I'm just a bigger believer in him than, uh, Benrudo. Yeah. And
0: I mean, again, you know. When we're talking about these in tiers, our our differences on Bocage are fairly minor in yep. reality. But I mean, we're
1: talking about two spots on our list, and we see yep. these guys as all as kind of like
0: right. They're they're in that same general area. I do want to hold on a second on Bowers. We'll get to him in a second because he was ten on my list. But I do want to talk about Hellison and Barons because uh, I actually do have Hellison ahead of Barons on my list, um, and and part of the reason that I have that is because while the two players are are quite different, particularly in body type and the way that they do what they do, they both are kind of coming from the same path, right? Both of these guys coming out of the US NTDP. Mm-hmm. And, and while Hellison's year was significantly more stacked than Barron's was, they're going out into the NCAA and it, it's time to see... What those kids look like away from the the national development program, and so far, Hellison, his first year, there was a significant lack of offense there. But the second year, I think he started to show what I wanted to see out of him to prove that he can be a well rounded enough player to make the NHL potentially. With Barons, I get the excitement there. I get. I'm sure AJ loves the fact that he's so feisty on the defensive end as well, uh, but. I could not put him ahead of Hellison because I just haven't seen him at the college level yet. And I know US played a handful of games against college teams, but I need to see him in the college environment and, and what he brings every week at that level before I really can commit to him. But AJ, I know you're a little bit higher on him. So what are you excited for in his, in his college game?
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, he does, he actually probably shares more in common with, uh Drew Hellison than he does probably anyone like, else yeah yeah, yeah. um the just in terms of difference yeah yeah the, the big thing is the the five year the five inches of height that yeah. he gives he gives away to Hellison is is huge. Um but Barron's plays a strong uh a strong feisty yeah. defensive game I mean, he's
0: should we be specific we're talking about Sean Barron's not yeah James
1: Sean Barron's yeah <laughs> um and and I, he's a good skater, and I think he'll be a good puck mover. He'll be, uh, I I just think he's going to do everything well at the college level. He's just going to be a really good, uh, a good all around player, kind of, kind of like a better defensive version of what we I saw mean, Scott Perunovich be. Um, I don't think that he'll be as good offensively, but I'm I'm looking, you know, at. Especially at DU, where they've had a lot of success with these kinds of guys in recent years, um, I think that they're going to they're going to get him in there they're going to give him a lot of a lot of responsibility early on, and he's going to do a little bit of everything for the pioneers, and I think uh, that's that sets Barons up perfectly because. Uh, no, he would not be a Will Butcher type. Butcher was a bad skater who needed to get by on IQ and good and, and and, and he great to Play defense, basically. <laughs> yeah, and like, just not um, and not no. You, nobody has been drafted by Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> That's not what he does.
0: Um, about on the show
1: the other. Yeah, day. we mentioned this yesterday. Yeah who needs to who needs to do scouting just send Nathan McKinnon around to play drop in with all the prospects
0: the thing that i really like about barons compared to hellison is barons ability to move pucks out with his feet
1: yeah it's it's a natural fit for how colorado plays yep. but it's uh, it's it's not like I mean we talk about that it doesn't look like how Gerard does it it certainly isn't anything like what Gail McCar does
0: obviously um,
1: if you had to had to compare him more it, it, I mean it, it's more of like how Devon Taves does it where it's not as persistent it's not as dynamic uh, but it, it can be just as it effective.
0: works yeah yeah
1: and to be honest with you Devon Taves is probably where Sean Barron's maxes out. Um, is a, is a similar style of player.
0: Yep, if you get the absolute most out of him. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the defensive take there. You can see I ended up putting Bowers at 10 even lower than AJ had, and we talked about Ambrosio already. So uh, for Bowers at 10, yeah. if, for me, look, I I am still a believer that Bowers can absolutely be an effective NHL player, but... Given the moves the Avs made this year, they went out and got Maltsev, who can play center. They went out and got Helm, who can play center. They went out and got Wingerly, who allegedly plays center. Every move Mm -hmm. the Avs made this year just screamed to me that they have no interest in giving Shane Bowers an opportunity in the NHL.
1: Yep, and that's why he's as low on both of our lists is because the Avs look disinterested in giving him opportunity, and so it feels like it's hard to rank a prospect highly when it feels like the team isn't isn't involved in him and he has 0 nhl games played it just doesn't it just doesn't feel good and that's in bowers at this point i think is probably like a 4c type at best yep and that's you know that's a pretty limited upside to be to be playing next to logan o'connor great yeah, I think he could do the job. I think he should get a chance. I think it sucks that he hasn't. Uh, I think he's he's worthy of that look, and I think he'll he would would do fine with it. I just don't think like I don't I don't think we're talking about like a an ace here,
0: right? It's uh, the reality is the ceiling, especially as time drags on more and more without his NHL deb- debut, the ceiling continues to drop.
1: Yeah. And then they look hadn't been hadn't been super high since his draft year, right? You know he was drafted like fourth overall in the Q draft, but way back in the day yeah, when yeah. he was he was a big big deal where he came from, and then as he's left that nest, it's the ceilings just gotten a little bit lower every year.
0: Yep, it's. uh it's just kind of the reality of. Oh, yeah,
1: Bauer turning into Ryan O'Reilly was always a pipe dream. Yeah,
0: dude, it was hard to ever project that dude as more than like a third liner. But yeah,
1: he just never produced offense anywhere. Yep. So, so that, that, it was, yeah, and, that was yeah. That was we talked about dream. it the
0: other. I forget if this was on air or off air, but I was talking to UAJ and it was like, look, both of us could totally see that guy going to another organization. Oh, yeah. being an everyday NHLer.
1: Absolutely. There's going to a, a smart team is going to get the abs to do one of those AHL flips yep. and the abs are going to end up on the wrong end of the Graves be rough yep. type of type of swap um, because he's going to, I think he'll go somewhere, you know, he's going to end up in freaking Calgary or something and he's going to lock it down for them, look just fine. And they're going to feel great. And the abs are going to be like, Oh, why couldn't he do that for us? Oh, well, you well, never fucking gave him a job. Yeah. <laughs> You never, you never let him play a game. What do you expect?
0: Yep, exactly. Pretty much sums up that section. Did we cover? I, we both had Foodie at six, right? Which yeah. we can we can save that because he's really more in the tier of the next couple guys. Yeah, that's fair. We'll
1: save we'll save Jean Luc Foodie for top the top five conversation because yeah. we've. I was making the top five, and I I could have made a really really easy argument to put food to have him it. there. Yeah, yeah, same.
0: So, we'll get to that first. Legal Pete's. Have y'all had it yet? we have been telling you to go get it on this show for a while now. Need yeah. y'all to go get it, alright? They are super delicious. I'm telling you, mm. I'm telling you, go get their breakfast burrito. The potatoes, mm, absolutely delicious. You can't go wrong. They have a billion other delicious ones, too. If you're into queso, their queso is amazing when you put it on the burrito they have tons of other options as well and you get free upgrades on your meals when you bring in a ticket sub from any same day event so if you're going to the rockies game if you're going down to infinity park in glendale bring your ticket in get yourself an upgrade on your illegal pete's burrito of deliciousness and then as i mentioned
1: official name burrito of deliciousness Burrito of
0: deliciousness confirmed That's that's my uh, my burrito at Illegal Pete's right there. So as I mentioned, you can also hit up Infinity Park in Glendale coming up not this weekend, but next weekend, August 20th through the 22nd. The Rugby Town Sevens Tournament is here in Infinity Park, and it's one of the best times of the year. 27 teams from around the world are participating. So you get basically, you know, all the major rugby powers in the in the building to Show USA how to play rugby, probably, if I'm being honest. But, you know, maybe USA can put up a good fight. Uh, Saturday is the military championship. Sunday is the tournament championship. So take your pick. You can go see whatever you want. Uh, they're holding an eSports tournament as well. They have a whole giant tent set up with a bunch of arcades and other video game consoles, etc. in the building. It's, uh, it's going to be dope. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, check it out. Highly recommend it. The tickets are super cheap as well. Tickets are $15 per day, or you can get the whole weekend pass for $25. Kids 12 and under are free. So if you want to go make a little family weekend event out of it, super cheap, super fun, super awesome. Highly recommend. You can get access at RugbyTown7s.com to grab your your tickets. That's R-U-G-B-Y-T-O-W-N, the number 7S.com. Again, $15 ticket for a single day. Check them out. It's going to be a dope weekend. Of course, look, anytime you're talking about rugby, sometimes you have to talk about their weird oblong-shaped ball. Now, whatever your balls look like, Manscaped can get them looking nice. So... Trim it up. Even if they are weird and oblong-shaped. Exactly right. Even your weird oblong-shaped balls will look much better after a little bit of manscaping. So use the code DNVR to get 20% off. Get the perfect package, 4.0, and get yourself looking very nice. Also, of course, they can take care of your weird oblong-shaped face if you're like me. They can take care of the rest of your weird oblong body, too. They got face shavers. Breath mints, deodorant, a little bit of everything to to take care of your manicuring of your entire body. Uh, check them out. Manscaped.com. Y'all know the drill. Free shipping if you get the perfect package 4.0 with the DNVR code. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook. Let's get into our our top five plus, plus foodie, I suppose.
1: <laughs> top Top five plus Foodie.
0: Yep. I don't know. Pick a list, Kale. I don't care which one you bring up. All right, we're going with... I believe our top five are identical, so it doesn't actually matter. Yep, uh, they are. Uh, so, uh, for me, you kind of have Foodie and, and Ranta in the same tier. You could maybe even put Olausen in that same tier as well. I would say
1: and Ranta, and Foodie are all in the same tier of yeah. player because I think that... Um, Of those, I think Ranta has the most potential to break into as a true top six player, but he also has the
0: most potential to flop.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that the other guys have more limited upside, but have skill sets that the organization really, really likes. Um, To be honest, that could just be a line.
0: Yeah, true. Alousson, to foodie, put foodie in the middle of them.
1: Yeah, go. Um, that could fun. that could just be a third line in a couple of years uh, if everything goes really well. A second line,
0: man, that'd be yeah. Olauson rounds out his defensive game a little bit too. That'd be a fun line.
1: I mean, it'd be a fast line. That'd be a that's a line with a lot of skating ability uh, and some good size. It's not a small line at all.
0: Yeah, none of them are particularly small. In in Ranta's case, look, obviously the talents that he has are obvious. The size, the the build is amazing. He has a very good shot. He has the ability, he showed in college, to play a little bit of that power forward game, just Mm -hmm. cut to the net and then be better than people. Uh, So the excitement is there. The question that has always been the question with him remains the same is can he think the game at a high enough level to be effective in the NHL?
1: Yeah, and if they ask him to just play north south, I think that he's going to be just fine. Yeah, um, but we saw we saw him badly struggle in his couple of limited NHL appearances. Yep. Granted, that was a that was a tough ask.
0: Uh, yeah, to drop him into the playoffs with
1: it's it was a good I think it was a good reminder of why that's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, because you saw Alex Newhook, and and look, we we think that Alex Newhook is a baller. Yeah, and several magnitudes better as a prospect. Yeah, uh, and you and saw him. There. You saw him struggling to find his he, game. He and kind then of figured it out, but it, took it shows blast. you just how special what Makar McCarr really did
0: to just drop in and be a monster from minute one. Yeah,
1: yeah. where where you know and then and then you see sample ranta have the more traditional oh my gosh (laughs) this is
0: he's got some work to do (laughs) yeah this this is a
1: lot guys this game is fast there's a lot going on (laughs) defensively i am super lost it was it was it was interesting um the, the rant that that Ranta got that shot in the postseason. I. It was fun, but it was also like. Why? He's
0: not ready. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. So for the record, uh, there's like a line going down the middle of my microphone that I. Every it's time I. You? Yeah. Every time I glance down, it's it looks like a, like a ridge. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, what's going on here? And it's just I'm seeing it out of the corner of my eye, and it's just distracting me it's catching me and i'm like so that's what, that's, that's why I, that's why i continue to look at it i did to like...
0: i did want to circle back to foodie here because yeah we have foodie we both have foodie at six in that kind of top five category mm-hmm. uh, and this is a kid that Look, there's a very real possibility that in a year's time, he's in the top three, depending on how this year goes. Because you're talking about a kid who, if it was a normal year, if there was no pandemic, Foodie would have played in the OHL last year and Mm -hmm. likely would be going back to the OHL this year. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: at the end of that season, we'd be talking about, well, it's time to see him in pro hockey. Mm -hmm. Instead, as an 18-year-old kid, we got to see him little bit in Sweden, but mostly in the AHL, playing pro hockey. And he was fine. He fit in. Just He played effective hockey in the Mm -hmm. AHL, which, say what you want about the taxi squad, still arguably the second hardest league in the world.
1: Look, he played with some bums, too. He played with the Ryan Wagners of the world as their third-line center. Uh, He played with AHL guys, like AHL contracts, AHL dudes, like bums. And he legitimately had he played with some real talent, his numbers could have been quite a bit higher because yep. you watched him, you watched his creativity, you watched the elite vision that we saw as a draft prospect. Look, as a he was a first round prospect for a reason going into his draft year. Yep. The the skating is unbelievable. It is high end NHL caliber skating now, today. The, the playmaking and the hands and the creativity and all of that is very, very good. The shot is not. It, it, he's not it does not yeah, have a good shot. Yeah. It's not it's not good at all. Bad shots beat goaltenders every once in a while and that's how he scores goals. There's not much there. He needs to get stronger. He needs to fill out physically quite a bit. There's a long way to go in that regard. And that'll probably be the thing that, that could hold him back the most from and they, jumping into the AHL yeah. um, and, and sticking in the NHL yeah. is probably the strength. He needs another probably two or three years to just physically get there. but But his game, parts of his game already – especially offensively, as a as a play driver, as a creator, yeah. as, a as a distributor, as a guy who makes his line mates more intriguing and puts them in good positions, he is a dude that can elevate. And when you talk about him next to, like, an Alex Bocage in, in Loveland, there's a natural synergy there that's going to be really, really intriguing. Hell, you put him next to Sampo Ranta.
0: Just anyone with a good shot just yeah next to foodie and you're feeling good about it exactly like, and and this year could be like obviously we don't know what's going to happen but if he has a solid year get some opportunity in the ahl to even maybe play some top top six minutes at times based on injuries call-ups whatever it, you could be looking at this kid as potentially an outside shot for the lineup in 22 23
1: I think there's an outside shot that he sneaks into some NHL games and this totally. year. He if has things a very solid well. year. and Especially whatever, but with some of the center issues that they've had, the exemption of him getting to stay in the AHL this year is really important.
0: It's a rare opportunity. for sure.
1: Now, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but if they sent him back to the OHL and they said, look, we want you to go put up 110 points. We want you to just go be an offensive dynamo play on top power play units and just you know play play top line minutes and just feast and and really hone that offensive game for a year I'd be good with that too because he's he's likely slotted for another depth role in the AHL and it's fair to wonder which one would which one is better for him long term
0: I feel a lot better about it being in the AHL especially because they brought Olausen over I think, and and I mean, we don't know. Maybe they tell them to go play in Barry too. But uh, if they commit to the kids here to throughout this lineup,
1: and they won't, you know it. I, you I know already, it. you already know. I, it. I
0: understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. But I think this year, more than in years past, to a certain extent, they might not have a choice.
1: Now they've definitely put themselves in the position where that has to be their bread and butter. Right. And the meat of their lineup is going to be drafted kids.
0: Exactly. If they're, if they're talking about potentially scratching guys like foodie or Olousen on any given night, then no, I'd get them out of here. Go to the OHL, please. Don't do anything dumb like that. But uh, scratching foodie would be a mistake to me in the AHL. It, he should be, he should have every opportunity to play on the third line at minimum every single night. So I think the AHL would be better for him, assuming he gets opportunity, but the OHL would be fine. It just, it wouldn't be super exciting for me Uh, because yes, I'm sure he would have plenty to learn, particularly on the offensive side where he could be the dude every single night. But it's just not against men. It's not against the top competition.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I are believers in the AHL as a legitimate development league, but it is you do start to wonder. Now, the one thing I do really like about the idea of Foodie as the three C in the AHL is that it probably prepares him for what his a- NHL job is going to be. Role, sure. Um, because you you say okay, it, let's just say it does take him another two years. To get there, you know, to you, that's the end of Tyson Jost's contract. And we don't know what happens from there. Yep. Maybe Jost has settled into that role and he's the guy and it's all good and well, and that's just where they continue to go. And foodie slots in somewhere else in the lineup, but him, him getting comfortable in that three C job could be interesting.
0: Yep. Um. Okay. Who is next on our lists? I, I, uh... Is it Barron? Well, it's allowed. Yeah. we kind of have already talked about him quite a bit. Yeah, but. we've
1: talked about all these top guys a lot this this week. So I, Sampo, Sampo Ranta at five. Um, he's dope. We like him. There's upside. We'll see. We'd, we want to see more of it in pro hockey. It was a really good, encouraging start, though. Uh, I think that they would love to have him in the AHL for a year, barring him. Rantos? Popping off in training camp, yes. Yeah. Sample yeah. Rancho. Uh, Olauson we talked about. We did a whole show on him on Monday. Yep.
0: Go, go look at our Olausen show if you want yeah. more on him. Um,
1: so I was surprised that we both had Count ahead of Baron. I'm, I'm curious as to why you did.
0: Uh, I continue to be a big believer in in Kaut's game. And when you, yes. His three-game stint in the NHL did not look great last year. But when you look at the bulk of his AHL play over last season, he completely dominated that league. He pretty much did everything he could at that level to say that he's done with the AHL. Uh, Without getting into the conversation of opportunity in the NHL and and our disagreements with the way the Avs organization runs itself in those regards... This is it for me count this year, whether he starts in the AHL or not is either going to prove he can be an everyday NHL or this year, or I don't think it's going to happen with the avalanche it's now or never for him. So I'm a believer that it's now. If you're a believer that it's never, I can understand you putting him lower on your list. But if you think it's now, if you look at his AHL play, if you look at his nine games of NHL play, not this past season, but the one before, The dude is clearly capable of being an effective third-liner in the NHL. You just have to give him the leash and believe in it.
1: Funny enough, man, I think he's the perfect replacement for Jonas Donskoy because I think he's a dude that could play up in your lineup eventually, but as a third-line guy on your right side is probably a better fit. And he's always been a guy where we said you put him with skill, and his game is going to find yeah, a different he, level. He
0: will elevate to his linemates for sure. Which,
1: as you we saw, we saw it in WJC's as he when he was on the uh, the, the Czech Republic.
0: His buddy Netchass a little bit, yeah,
1: yeah. He had, so that was that was the center, and then on the other side was the the kid that got drafted by Detroit. Yeah, it's killing me now.
0: It- his name is
1: the kid that got drafted by detroit
0: (laughs) dude i can't think of it either
1: phillips adina
0: Mm, thank you
1: yeah so that was their top line and count obviously was like oh he's not as good uh he's he's not as good as these other two guys but he's still very good and he elevated his game yeah. Uh, he elevated his game to get there and
0: instead of dragging that line down he moved up to that line's level right
1: it's... yeah he and and i think that's the important part to remember about him as an as an nhl prospect is that we've always felt like once he gets put with better players he's going to he's going to play better yep he's going to play up to his competition he's going to play up to his situation He's just a, a classic glue guy. He's your sort of lineup amoeba. He just sort of slides in and does whatever he needs to do. Yep. Uh, and and finds his way into whatever role. It's whatever whatever job he ends up with. I think he'll do fine. But agreed. I think he needs to. He. I think he's better served, and the team is better served, giving him kind of that middle of the road opportunity where it's not the Alex Newhook second line job, but if you put, I love the idea of him next to Nachushkin and Joe. I love that idea.
0: I think he'll have way more success there than playing next to Helm and O'Connor or something like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. It's just a better fit for what he does. Well, Yep. now the other question, can he compete like those two guys do every night? Cause he needs to bring the motor. The motor needs to be turned on and fully engaged. And that's been his big problem here in, as an, in his NHL looks is that he has not been consistently engaged. Yep. And that makes you wonder: does he love playing the game? Is it his, you know, you start to, you start to ask all these deeper questions. Uh, but it's, in terms of what he's accomplished in the AHL, He's done what's been asked of him. He needs to graduate. He needs to move on.
0: I will say uh, an argument I do like to make against that is every dude on your lineup can't be a Logan O'Connor who's full motor and and uh, this isn't meant to be offensive, but no brain, right? O'Connor is just see puck, skate to puck. There's no – Yeah, well, and – Ahead there.
1: With O'Connor, though, that like that's where his skill level stops is – He can't do he's not capable of doing more than that in the NHL. We've seen him at the AHL level be more than that. But in the NHL, he has figured out that if he's going to be successful, that's what he has to do. Totally. And now what Count hasn't figured out is that what he needs to do to be successful is do that, but also engage the rest of his skill set.
0: it starts with the, the motor and then goes from there, right? It's like, the
1: number one thing that NHL coaches look for. If you go out there and you bust your ass on every single shift and you don't make mistakes, you will get opportunities. They will see, they will get, they, once they feel comfortable that you're not going to screw them and lose them a game by being out there and you not knowing what's going to happen, you know, safe, safety is what coaches go for. They want guys that they understand what they're getting out of them. And that is why we see less skilled players make it over more more skilled, more cerebral guys because they see the motor. They see the engagement. It was one reason why TJ Tynan got all those games because he was the master of being a half-step slow to every single battle, but it looked like he was involved in it. And when you see that and it's just like, oh, well, at least he's trying. You know, I like this guy. He's working hard. He's really blah, blah 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 blah, right? Okay, great, whatever. But you need to see that that has to happen with the with a guy like Kout, And then he's just gotta be he's gotta engage the rest of his skill set. Sure. And now, when it comes to New Hook, he just needs to keep doing what he yeah. was doing already in the postseason. New he's hook on his way.
0: Newhook doing fine. Yep. <laughs> that dude uh, looks ready at this point.
1: Yep, yeah, he's on he is on his way. He had 3 he had 3 points in 6 regular season games, 2 points in 8 playoff games, very limited minutes. He was 16 points in 12 games at BC, 9 points in 8 games for the Eagles. All of this is just to say he's he's ready to rock. That Alex Duhock's not going to be on this list next year. Yep. Justin Barron's going to be on the top of this list next year. We're not gonna have fifteen prospects because they're the they have, they no, have draft. no
0: draft picks. <laughs> and which we can touch on Justin Barron really quickly because I think his year after a I don't know if I'd call it a disappointing WJC, but certainly a weak WJC out of Barron. Disappointing. Sure. But at the QMJHL level and his very quick stint at the AHL level, he did everything he needed to yep. do this he,
1: year. Erased that WJC performance completely. Yep. His, his, for me, his seven AHL games, significantly more telling than his seven WJC games.
0: Yep. Against, against he looked the professionals, he was good in the AHL. Yep. He
1: looked good in the AHL, jumping into the play, transitioning pucks out of his own, own zone. And for a guy that is, for a guy that's 6'2 and 200 already and moves the way that he does to see that kind of offensive instincts jumping off the ice, as well as a guy who did not struggle defensively with the speed of the game at all. He adjusted immediately. Yep. It was really, really encouraging. Now, I want to see him against the real AHL and not the compromised version of the AHL. Of course. Same, same goes for Foodie, because yep. there were an awful lot of kids in that in that league last year. So I think the skill level might have been a little bit higher, but the consistency was way lower. And so I want to see how those cats do against the real AHL, against a full AHL. But uh, tons to be encouraged about for the Eagles this year. This could be as fun as the Eagles ever get.
0: uh, There is a a world where, depending on how things shake out, that by the end of the year, Justin Barron is the first E call up.
1: If they're, depending on injury issues between Ryan Murray and Eric Johnson, Justin Barron might just be an abs play, regular yeah. by the end of the play. year. Things would obviously have to really go his way, and he'd have to he'd have to earn yeah. that spot. But it's not unrealistic that Justin Barron's playing for the abs come postseason.
0: Yep. So, still quite a bit of uh, exciting stuff at the top of that list for the abs. Yep. Uh, obviously, in the middle, I think we both kind of have our guys that we like. And then you get past 10 and it's kind of whatever happens, happens. But look, for a team that is really starting to get into the thick of their window of trying to be champions in this league, their prospect pool today still looks pretty damn good. Yep.
1: Right now, um, it looks good. Oh, the AHL package is totally worth it. Yeah,
0: their their new package is worth unbelievably worth the value now. Yeah.
1: AHL TV is is between the quality of the product and the uh, the the price point. Pfft. Yep, it's. I'm I'm curious to see what happens with the CHL. Uh, yeah, now that supposed
0: to be leaving Newellian, right?
1: Thank God. The the what was it like the two hundred and fifty dollar package? Yeah, they league? were. They were nonsense. Dude, it was like $1,000 to watch all of of the leagues and the postseason. It was so expensive. Yep.
0: It was really, really bad. But hopefully theirs come to a more reasonable price point as well. You saw a bunch of teams last year improve their uh, broadcasting hardware as well.
1: Yeah, there are still a couple. Um, Obviously, uh, San Jose is always going to be a challenge while they're in that building. Yeah. Yeah. But... But you know,
0: is what it is.
1: <clears throat> anyway, AHL TV super great deal, free advertising for them.
0: Shout out them; they're dope. Uh, in any case, AJ, any final thoughts on our our prospect list here before we get out of here?
1: Uh, no. I it's a good it's a good list. It's middle of the road in the NHL. Um, if you add Bo and Byram on there, it's probably back to being top ten. Ones, yeah. Um, because Byram, I still think projects as a top pairing defenseman, but we'll see a long way to, a long way to go there with that kid.
0: I mean, every kid's got a long way to go until they're there. Right.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, I think the gap between uh, prospect and top pairing top line is bigger than college to like the fourth line. I would agree. It's, so,
0: you, I mean, how many fourth line forwards did we see play six minutes a night for the Abs last year and not hurt them? Like,
1: yep. They, well, I mean, the Dan Renuff and Kyle Burroughs yeah. and Keaton Middleton and all these all these guys that got in NHL games on defense and were just fine.
0: Yep. So. I guess we'll leave you on that note. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate you all. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video here on YouTube. Always helps us out a bunch when you all do that. I hope you all have a great rest of your Friday and weekend. Uh, we will have a pod on Monday. It will not be live, but we will do a live premiere on YouTube, so if the chat wants to hang out and, and talk, yep. you can do that. You just won't be able to talk directly to us.
1: What do we have scheduled for next week? We have uh, – we are doing snake drafts of hockey logos. Best um,
0: team since 05. Yeah, best best
1: post-lockout teams. And then, and then you Asia. and I did a draft of our favorite players. Favorite
0: players in the currently in the league, yeah.
1: Yep, favorite current NHL players.
0: So there you go. Like, subscribe. We will be back live in the latter half of next week as well. So yep. hope to see you there until then. We will talk to you beautiful people later.